Our speaker today is Leslie Berry. She is a mother of four. Um, she has three biological and one adopted. She's a licensed speech and language pathologist, and her husband is a pastor at Watermark. And so we were very excited for her to come talk to us on communication and conflict in marriage. And let me just open us in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for today. We thank you for all the moms and um, that have been able to come here um, this morning to hear this. Uh, we pray for the moms that weren't able to be here. We pray for whatever um, is going on and why they couldn't be here. We just um, pray that you fill their hearts with joy and um, pray that you fill everyone's hearts with joy that's here today, Lord. Um, we just thank you so much for being in our lives, and um, we're excited for this speaker. In your name I pray, amen. Sorry, I got it. I know if I put water over there, it's going to be a bad thing. So it's coming right here. All right. I don't think I want the double mic. Okay, sorry as I get used to all the technical stuff going on up here. Ah, there it is. Okay. Um, okay, so she already introduced me. My name is Leslie Berry, and um, I'm a member at Watermark Community Church. Um, I've been there since 2007 when my husband went on staff. Um, he helped start the coffee shop there and was part of the marriage ministry. And so um, we learned a ton just being mentors in a marriage ministry there. And so, which is so sad. So it's like we had to like relearn how to communicate with each other. And so that's why this is so important to me, this topic, because it really helped change my marriage. Um, so what I do, um, about, oh, about four years ago, um, my husband's jobs changed and we went to go start the Plano campus. So Watermark has another campus, has a couple of different campuses. Um, and so we moved up there. Now we didn't move. We moved for a job and church up there. And um, I started helping with the mom's group there. And so I lead kind of just like the, your leaders here, the mom group at my church um, called The Nest. And we just meet once a month. And so um, that's what I get to do. It's similar to Mops, same thing. And I love that Mary just shared so many like nuggets. It's so tied us to how like the older women should pour into the younger women. So that just encouraged my heart. Um, I did sign my kids up for swim lessons. So check. Um, <laughs> Because that is important. Um, and so I'm like, good, did that. Um, and you're so right about boys, teenage boys. Um, they get to be so big and out of control. And so I'll start with my family. So there we are. And so um, I'll start with our family here. We went to Wyoming in July. Um, and, you know, that's like the best picture I have. Like, I didn't like any of our Christmas pictures. I didn't like anything. So, and I'm looking at that picture. I'm like, oh, they're so much bigger now. That's what's crazy. And so um, my oldest is about to be 13. So, which is, it's insane. So that picture of him, he's about three inches taller because he's almost my height now. I just didn't like any other pictures. So um, anyway, so that's Jackson. He is was hands down the hardest baby I had. And it made me feel crazy when I had him. So when I would have been at y'all stage and came in here, I was like, I have the hardest baby in the whole wide world. Um, I remember one time I dropped him off at um, my friend's house, who it, keep in mind has 10 kids right now, 10. And um, I was like, I just, I think, I think the Lord just we're going to stop at one. I can't like, this is too much. I can't even handle him. Um, and she came back to me so lovingly and was like, and came on, she has like all these kids. She's like, can I just tell you that when you drop your sweet boy off, it feels like sometimes you dropped off 10. And I was like, thank you. Like for being honest with me, like he's a handful. And so girls speak honesty and love to each other. Um, it really, I mean, that was literally a game changer for me. Um, the second boy is Bubba. He has a real name. He didn't come out and we called him Bubba, but no one knows his real name. And all the time people will be coming to me at church, at school. What is Bubba's real name? It's Benjamin, but no one calls him that. Um, he just was the second boy. And so Jackson called him Bubba. He goes to school. Jackson would talk about Bubba. And so all the teachers knew him as Bubba. And it's just like on his name card at school, it says Bubba, Bubba Berry. Like, and so he is such a, such a fun little boy. Um, very athletic, 
fun to watch, but also I think of the Katy Perry song, you're hot, then you're cold, you're yes, then you're no. I mean, that is Bubba. It's like, I'm in. And then it's like, I'm like Eeyore, like sad all of a sudden. I'm like, oh my goodness, Bub. So, so fun to have totally different kids, but um, he's also deeply compassionate, which has been so fun to watch him grow. Um, My third boy is Caden and he is seven and he is my love bug. I mean, this morning he just sat in my lap like, I don't want to go to school. And I'm like, you can just sit here with me. That's fine. Um, the other boys didn't snuggle like him. It like took me having a third to have a snuggler. And so Caden is so fun, easy to be around. Like my husband and I always say, if we just had our second born or third born, we'd be the most pride, like prideful parents in the world because they're so easy. You know, it's the bookends that give us run for the money. So, um, Caden's a joy. And I'll tell y'all a story about him in a minute. Um, and then Becca is four, um, and she's even bigger than, um, and so obviously she's been adopted. Um, and she's super fun. She is spunky, but she feels like a 14 year old. Like I, I didn't believe it. Like after having boys, but I'm like, oh my goodness. Like as a speech therapist, people used to be like, would tell me sometimes or my kids were talking in full senses at one in my head. I'm like, you're a lawyer. Like doesn't happen. Um, cause I had boys that didn't talk and I only worked with boy, little kids that couldn't talk. And, um, Becca spoke in full sentences at one. I'm like, this is a real thing, you know? So she's amazing. Super fun. Um, super fun adoption story, but, um, she is spunky she is consistent, and she, if you're not watching Becca, she's going to be, like, under the table cutting paper, and it might be an important one. So, um, super fun. So, God humbles me through my kids. I'm sure y'all know that. Um, and then that's me and Rob. So, we've been married 17 and a half years. So, we got married the week of 9-11, <clears throat> which is crazy. We got married four days after that happened, and so we just wanted to get married. We're like, okay, the world blows up. Can I just get married before it blows up? Um, and so, that's us. Um, y'all, this time last month, I was in Israel, which is crazy, but we got the opportunity to go and, um, obviously jumped on it. And I was gone for 12 days for my kids. That has never happened. And it was awesome. Um, I'm not going to lie about it. It was so good for my relationship with my husband. Um, it was so hard to plan every moment of my children's life, but so worth it. So if you get opportunities and you have help, like I just go with it. So that's Rob and I, in Petra Jordan, which is just like right next to Israel, just think Indiana Jones when like, he's like on the horse and there's these Bedouin people with the makeup around their eyes. Like that's where we were. And so really middle Eastern, I'm trying to be middle Eastern there with my tea laying on a little thing. Um, okay. So, so anyway, that's kind of me and my family. And, um, one of the things I love about being a mom is just watching my kids like like learn everything new. Like it, it can be like the wonder of anything. You know, when they ask questions, you're like, ah, I'm going to answer your question. But, um, one of the things I love is just, is this real? Is this not real? And so Santa is one of those, is that real? Is that not real? And so I'm totally about, let's keep the Christ in Christmas. Okay. Let me just say that up front. But I also like funsy, like mystery things. Okay. And so we do, um, I went to, um, um, Caden was in kindergarten. And so I'm going to read, I went to a parent teacher conference, kindergarten. Um, and so this is what the teacher showed me that he wrote what he wanted that Santa was going to get him. It's like this Christmas, I want a, um, I don't know what kind of gun that's a gun, a gling long gun, whatever that is. That's a Nerf gun. Um, and an Xbox apparently he has older brothers cause we do not have an Xbox. I think one of his older brothers was writing that, um, was telling them that and a big, <laughs> and a big title max. Y'all don't know what that says, but that's title max. So during this time last year, there was this jingle. Y'all know that the commercial for title max, title max, get your something, whatever. Um, my kids are like walking around the house, just singing that like all the time. And I'm like, guys, stop, stop. We don't know. It's probably not the most wise financial decision. And we don't need to talk about title max. And so Caden, all he heard on that commercial was like, you get a thousand dollars. And like, I had the conversation with my oldest, like, Hey, that's not 
we're, we're not, no, like this isn't going to happen. Like he's like, isn't it so cute though, that Caden thinks he's going to get a thousand dollars from title max. Mom, just let him, just let him ask Santa for title max. And so, um, the week before Chris, we kind of let it go on a little too long because it was so cute. But <clears throat> we were in the car and Rob looked at me and he's like, we've got to tell him like, this is not a real thing. So we're driving down Coit. Mom, there's title max. That's what I want for Christmas. And I was like, um, well, I go, Caden, let's talk about that. So he's in the back, far booster. And um, Jackson's like, don't tell him, don't tell him, don't tell him. I'm like, we're talking about this. So I was like, buddy, I don't, you're not getting Title Max for Christmas. And he's like, what? He's like, well, and Rob goes, hey, buddy, you have to have a car to go into Title Max to get your $1,000. And he goes, well, you have a car. We're like, right, we're in our car right now. I go, so if mommy took her car in there, we wouldn't have a car. And he goes, Oh, and then like his sweet little love bug face just looks out the window and he's like, so I'm not getting title max. And I'm like, no, you're not, you're not getting title max, babe. I'm so sorry. And he's like, hmm. and I mean, just the, the, the sadness and the, 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 the reality set in of this is a real thing. I'm not, this is not happening. And I tell you guys that story because that's what we do like in our marriage. So we'll take like, I make assumptions without having all the facts. Okay. And so Caden did that. Um, and I do that often. Um, and that's, that's when conflict starts. So if I assume something that my husband says, but because now you're in a different stage of life and you've got kids, your time to work through conflict has gone from here to here. Because you're like, oh, I don't have time to talk about this right now. And maybe something that maybe shouldn't be a big deal. Like if you're looking at a scale from one to 10, that should be a one. It becomes a 10 really quick if you don't work through that conflict because you're just stuffing it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today because I feel like this is just so stinging important because I'm, I'm, I'm the queen of not dealing with conflict and the Lord has like really just worked this in my life. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, if you, I mean, I'm, I don't ever like to make assumptions in a room, but I'm assuming some of y'all are married or all of y'all are married, but I'm also not, um, under the veil that like everybody's marriage is perfect or that everybody has got, um, or is in a good way with their husband. But everything I talk about can help you no matter where you are in your uh, marriage right now. And the great thing about it is it helps you with your family relationships. It helps you with friends. And then it helps you with your kids. I've like realized so many communication patterns that I'm passing down to my kids. Um, and all of this works well. Um, okay, so I'm going to start with this verse. Uh, uh, Oh, I just took that verse out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you that. Anyway, okay, so James 4, 1, um, 4, um, 1 through 2, and maybe it's 3. I have, I have it wrong, but I thought I had it up there, but I don't. Oh, you, thank you, AV guy. I'm so bad. Okay, here it is. What causes the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Okay, so today, this whole talk, when I'm talking, we're going to walk through what are your communication and destructive patterns. We all do them because we are all not perfect. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Okay. So it's going to be easy to listen to this and be like, my husband does that. Oh, he's so bad at that. Or I know who does that. And maybe you have a friend. I don't know. My, my ask is that you're going to draw the circle around yourself. So if I had a piece of chalk and I could just draw the circle around me, I cannot change everybody's circle, but I have the power and the ability through the Lord to change myself in this circle. So that's the lens we're going to be looking through today. Um, and we're going to see what can I do about me? And y'all, I have seen it so often, even just watching my husband work with people in the marriage ministry. If you really start to work on yourself, people notice. They're like, what is wrong with you? And especially people you live with, like your husband. And it rubs off and it can be a beautiful thing, but you can't get in his box and start changing it. It just gets bad. So that's the lens we're looking through everything today. Um, the number one predictor of divorce is the inability to resolve conflict. 
that is from some marriage famed guru named John Gottman. Um, and that is a big deal. And so that's another reason why I'm like, we've got to talk about this more. Um, John 16, 33 says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I've overcome the world. So I never want to assume that, um, everybody's got this dynamite relationship with Jesus right now, especially as a mom, but that's where I'm going to hopefully just continue to point us to. Like if it's, if, if you're, if you need to work on you, we also need to work on our relationship with the Lord. Um, okay. So, um, here are the four areas. Now I'm like really going to mess up. Oh no, there it is. Okay. Um, the destructive patterns. So this is, um, Oh, I'm going to, no, let me, okay, before I get there, the four things I'm going to talk about today, it's on your little sheet, um, that is your handout, um, y'all have it on your sheet, um, we're going to identify our destructive, um, communication patterns, and the acronym is Weenie. Now, if my boys are here, they'd be like, oh, they would die laughing every time I say that. Um, but that's, that's the acronym. And I'm not joking. You'll remember it. Um, the second one acronym that we're going to talk about is HALT. And that is talking about the best time to communicate. The third thing we're going to talk about is setting expectations. And then the fourth thing we're going to talk about is cherishing your spouse. Um, all this information on the backside of your um, handout, um, I've gotten from just being in the... Um, marriage ministry at Watermark. Um, there's a book by, and since I don't have it called a lasting promise by lots of authors that is fantabulous that has all this information in it. Um, and then also I read a book by, uh, I think it's Gary Thomas last year called cherish. And I just really liked it. I just needed to remember what that was about. Um, so that's where I'm getting a lot of this for y'all to re, re, um, reference and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. So let's get started. The first one is withdrawal. So, um, withdrawal. So what plays into your destructive pattern? So everything we're talking about today is something that you've seen before in your childhood. So my patterns, I am modeling what I've seen my mom do. I'm modeling what I've seen my dad do. And some people see what their parents do and like, I'm totally doing the opposite. So part of everything we're doing um, today, just put it through the lens of like, Hey, why do I do that? You know, what has influenced that? It could be past relationships. It could be the way someone prior to your marriage that influenced the way you communicate. And that's part of that digging into um, of why you do one of these four things. Um, so the first one is withdrawal and it's or avoidance. So you can just write that right there. Um, lucky you, I'm really good at this. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, um, but what withdrawal means is someone who's unwilling to stay into the d- discussion. It's just kind of like, I'm done. Okay, good. Whatever, you know, and leaving like you're mad about something. So you will leave the room. You'll shut down. You'll ignore um, or fake peace, which could be the same thing. So fake peace is like, um, is that cool? Yeah, that's, that's cool. Whatever. I'm fine with that. Like that, that is a withdrawer. Um, you, uh, withdrawers tend to use humor to cover it up. Um, they keep opinions to themselves because they don't want to rock the boat. Um, and what happens with the withdrawer is that we suppress it all. And one day it's going to explode <laughs> if you don't talk about it. Um, okay. So right there where you put like withdrawal, it says exit. So how do we start to like get out of that negative pattern? Um, withdrawers need to deal with conflict. So that seems very obvious. Even when I read that, I'm like, well, duh. Um, but it's kind of like, you need to self-talk. Like I've got to deal with this. And and even like looking forward, like if I don't deal with this, this is going to be majorly bad in the future. Um, I just, I like to tell, I, I had to tell myself, Leslie, be courageous. And I mean, some people can speak their mind and give their opinions that maybe ruffle feathers. Like I have friends that do that really well, but I'm just not one of those girls. And so, um, Deuteronomy 31, six, I just love that one. Just like, um, what, wait, wait, what does that one say? <laughs> oh, be strong and cre- courageous. Do not be terrified for the Lord your God's with you wherever you go. Um, just say that to yourself. Find a key verse to get you through that. And like, God's not going to leave you in your, um, in, in, in low, hard times. Um, one of the greatest phrases that I have learned to say to my husband when I withdraw and I feel myself wanting to just pull away, um, 
and I've talked to my husband about this. Um, he's helped me actually come up with this phrase because I'm so, so hard for me is, um, Hey, I'm, I'm frustrated. And some, and sometimes I just start with that. And I mean, even like, Oh, you are, let's talk about that. So if I just, Hey, and, and, and then I'll be like, I don't know if it's, it may, it may just be on me. It may be you, but here's what I'm frustrated about. And it takes things from here just to here. So that's a phrase I like to use and it helps me like ease into that conversation. Okay. But what if you're married to a withdrawer? So what if you're the girl who's like, that's not me, that's my husband or someone else, you know, and you want to pull them out. So what I would say to someone is you've got to be a pursuer. If you're like, hey, the person I love, the person I took a vow to, who I want them to become better and better every day, how do I take time to draw them out of this funk? So, you know, 80, 70 to like 85% of communication is nonverbal communication. Like I, in graduate school, I think I learned it was like 70. I mean, and I've even heard it up to 90% since then. But um, basically nonverbal communication is how we say things. So, um if I say stop it, but I can say stop it now, I mean, it just changes everything for the way I say it. And the meaning changes like, hey, can y'all stop that? Or to, hey, can y'all stop that? I mean, it's totally different. My body language, my tone, my facial expression, everything changes and that communicates meaning. So Rob would say to me, hey, babe. Like kind of just the way you're acting right now that you're not talking, you look down or did I frustrate you? And that is how he pulls me out. So that's been really helpful for me and has loved me well. Um, and then just what's the best environment to bring out a withdrawal? So if you're that person who doesn't and you're married to someone who does, or you've got a friend or a child, maybe your child withdraws, you'll see these things in your kids. How do you, um, like for Bubba, my kid that's hot and cold, yes and no, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, a conversation right now is not good for him. It needs to be when Bubba's calm, when we're in his room, when we're alone. Um, so those are things you just kind of need to study and learn. Okay. So the second one is escalation. So this one is what it says. People who are like, go to the, like the Annie's up, you know, the intensity's up. Everybody knows that you're mad. The best thing I love about an escalator is that you know where you stand. Like, oh, you're mad. You're mad about this. Clear, crystal clear. So that's the, that really is the best thing about an escalator is that like, there's no confusion. We all know what's going on right here. When I married Rob and my whole family's like, let's not talk about the white elephant in the room. We're like Rob's family. And he was the oldest of seven. Um, very devout Roman Catholic family as how he grew up. And they're from seven kids within 10 years. Exactly. Like literally his birthday is on the December 22nd and his youngest brother's birthday is on December 22nd. Crazy. Anyway, they're all loud and they all yell at each other. And, but like, I, I remember my first Christmas, I was like, I mean, I was scared, but like excited all at the same time <laughs> because I'm like, this is awesome. Like she just told her sister how she felt about that, but then they kept on going. Like it was amazing to me. So, um, anyway, when I think about escalation and I say this to my kids all the time, you know, a harsh word stirs up anger and man, don't we know that? Um, and that's what this does. That's the problem with escalation. It's like you start building up emotion instead of getting somewhere. So you just stop. Like no one's, I'm mad. I need you to know about it. I'm going to show you how mad I am, but no one's resolving conflict. Um, so how do we exit out of that? Um, you know, you call a timeout. And so can you be the one, can you call the timeout on yourself or can you like ask permission from your spouse? Hey, we, can we have a timeout? I understand. And here's the thing, validating people makes them feel understood. Like there's nothing like, Hey, I, what I, what I see right now is that you're angry and you're really upset about this. And this is very important to you. The way you're going at it, it we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to help you. I'm like I can't help you when you're like this. Can we call a timeout? And in that timeout, if it's you who needs a timeout, if it's them who needs a timeout, that's where you go seek the Lord. Hey, God, help me see what is it that I need to do to either help my spouse. What is it that I need to own if he's mad at me? Um, or what is it that that is going on here? And so that's kind of what that is about. And, and honestly, it's about being humble. Um, 
being the one to stop the crazy cycle, the crazy cycle of like yell, 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 um, is about being humble. Um, all right. So the third one is negative interpretation. So, um, this one, I mean, <laughs> I joke with my husband, we've almost been married 18 years. I'm still like, what does that face mean? What do you mean by that? What does that look? Because I, for years took like the, as like, you're stupid or why are you talking or be quite Leslie. And so, and then when I started asking him, what do you think about that? Why are you looking at me like that? He's like, I'm nothing. I'm just looking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, for seven years, I thought this. He's like, no, what? Oh, so frustrating. And so, um, so negative interpretation is a believing that a motive or a thought of, of another person is more negative than it really is. Um, and we do this when we hear words or nonverbals or, um, things we do or things we don't do like, Oh, you didn't. Oh, another great one is, is if I actually really clean the house and no one says anything. <laughs> oh, so you, you think the house is horrible. You think I do nothing all day. You don't know. Didn't say that, that that's called negative interpretation. Um, so start assuming things aren't real. I, I tend to. I, I need to ask more clarification about this. So the exit strategy is ask about it. I know it's mind blowing and stop assuming. Um, I, that's why with everything, I mean, I don't keep telling me things just come out of my mouth and I'm like, I just assumed everybody was on the same page and we're not, um, happens a lot. And I've learned just to either close my mouth or stop assuming and ask for clarity. Um, Here's the thing that I think is so phenomenal. And I loved Mary hit on this. Like our husbands can't read our mind. They just can't. Like we've got to actually tell them. And even if you're like, this should be obvious, you know, um, no, it may not be. They're just made different. They're not made wrong. They're made for what they're made for. (laughs) And we're made different. And so we need to let them into our mind and our world and just tell them. Um, Hey, when you do this, this is what I think. I think one of the, one of the things that gets me is like how, you know, Chris says, Hey, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor, my first most immediate neighbors are in my stinking house. So that would be my husband. And so, um, if I really love him and I love what he does, and I know that he helps so many people, if I don't tell him like, Hey, sometimes when you do this, I think this. You know, like when you, when you stop and look and do that pause thing, you may not think that means anything and your heart may be so genuine, pure in that, but I need you to know I'm reading it like this and I don't think I'm the only one who is, you know, and you're like, when I've told him stuff like that, it's amazing. He's like, if someone sent me down and thought, da, 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 just like you did the other day. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. So it's not, I'm like, oh. This is how we're actually supposed to help each other, you know, and we actually talk about the hard because I want him to do well um, and be aware of stuff. Um, I always think of 1 Corinthians 13, 7, like love believes all things. We have got to believe the best um, and, and start stop assuming the worst. I need to start swaying more to that than going down the ditch of I'm going to assume the worst. Okay, so the last one is invalidation in our patterns. So this is when, y'all, this is, (laughs) I've like Googled this and everything because I don't know why this one's hard for me to describe, but I'm gonna try my best. Um, Subtle put downs of feelings or thoughts um, or character. I also think it's just kind of passive aggressiveness. So kind of when you're talking, so (laughs) y'all, I literally, this is hard to me. I totally have felt, felt this deeply, but I could not think of really good examples. Um, I looked online and they gave me one. And so I'm using it. Um, this one said, I didn't ask you because I knew you'd take too long to decide. I'm like, Oh, so invalidating. Like if you're just in a conversation with someone like, Oh, why didn't, I would love to, oh, I didn't ask you because you're, you're too busy or because you're too this. It's making assumptions about people without even giving them the opportunity to give their voice. Um, my husband and I, we have this problem in the kitchen. I don't know why, but that stinking uh, dishwasher and loading it is a big deal to him, and it is not to me. Um, if y'all know anything about Enneagrams, my husband is a one and I'm a seven. And so, like, I'm like, they all get washed. I don't. I just put them in and he thinks there's like methods and stuff. And so I'm not joking. Like it sounds crazy, but over the dishwasher, Rob and I have had more conflict. He's been like, 
why, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Invalidation, you know, like, because it's going to get clean. It doesn't matter how it's in there. It just gets clean. And I mean, it is important to him. Um, so things like that, um, honestly, where I get the most convicted about invalidation, I don't feel like I do this with my husband, but I feel like I do it with my kids. So, um, if my kids are hurt or if they're emotional and I'm like, Oh my word, I don't have time for this today. You're not, you're fine. You're fine. Come on. Mm-mm. Come on. We're coming. No, you're going to be fine. Get in the car. You know, I mean, oh, wow. I've done that more than more times I care to care to admit. Um, and this one really convicts me in that respect. Um, the exit strategy for this is just respect each other. <laughs> you know, we all have different viewpoints. Um, and just validate one another. Be like, okay, you don't have to agree you just have to understand someone else. Like, so, oh, that makes sense. I don't want to do it that way, but that makes sense. Um, the goal is not to be right, but understood. So um, I love Ephesians 4.29. I think that's a big player for this one. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that they may not, that they may benefit those who listen. So that one's just could be convicting on that. You know, I've, I have taken invalidation and I feel like any of these things, any of these ones that we do, because we're going to do them, um, is great opportunities to, to model forgiveness to our kids. And so times where I have like withdrawn from my boys and not like wanted to handle situations or times that I've invalidated, uh, then I get convicted. And then I'm like, it just, it's a good way for me to model what Christ did for us. And so several times I've gone in and like, Papa, I, mama was frustrated. And here, here's what happened that you didn't know. Here's what's going on mommy's day. Um, and so when you did that, I just didn't want to deal with it. And that, that's sin. So will you, will you forgive me for, um, yelling at you or making, or, or making you feel like you're not important? Will you forgive me? And I actually asked them the question. And they either have to say, they, well, they say yes. No, no, we like have to talk about it more, but yes, mom, I forgive you. And so, um, you know, don't get, I don't want anybody to get like wallowed down and like, oh, I do that. Da, da. Um, Cause we could, we could get, but I feel like all of this is opportunity to just show our kids Christ, show our husbands Christ and own your stuff. Draw that circle on yourself and be like, what can I own? If you're like 98% of it's him, great. Maybe it is own your 2% because you have no idea what humility does to something. It, it literally breaks down walls. Um, okay. Okay. When to talk, when not to talk halt. Here's another acronym. Okay. So these are all the ones that it is. So, um, let me just start by giving y'all just a couple verses you can put out to this side. Um, so Preparing to talk when the timing is better is always going to go better for you. We all know this, like just the heat of the moment. So you've got to check yourself on these four things. Like, am I hungry? Oh, should I have a deep conversation with my husband? Probably not. Y'all should probably eat first um, or just get a power bar. I don't know. Number two, am I angry right now? This goes back to escalation. Like, take a time out. Not a great time to talk. Um, is it late? Oh my gosh, I've done this. I have laid in bed and been like, Hey, I've been thinking, and I want to talk to you about this. And he goes, are you kidding me? Like he had to get up at five 30 the next morning. And I was like, Oh wow. And he's like, yeah, I love you, but we're going to talk about this in the morning. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I so do that. Cause I'm a late girl and he's an early guy. Um, number four is when you're just tired. Um, Oh, late to like, even an event, like go back to number three, late, like, um, you're running late somewhere, not a good time to bring up a deep conversation when you have to be somewhere. Um, but always a good time to say, to go back to validating. I understand that this is a big deal. Can we talk about a good time to talk about this later? Um, and so those are, the, that's halt. These are, these are tools to know when to talk. These are not an excuse. So you're not always hungry. You're not always angry. You're not always late. You're not always tired. Um, these are just, Hey, like when's the best time? Because it isn't during those four. Um, so some great verses are Ephesians four twenty six. um, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a stronghold. Okay. So sin can go down on a conflict. You're still gonna have to deal with it tomorrow, but 
make sure you deal with yourself and your anger. Um, because it doesn't, it, it's the anger in the way you use it. That's the sin. Um, Proverbs 25, 11. I love this one. An apt word is, is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Um, it is, it's so good for a timely thought out word. But what's, what's key about that is that you've got to have time to think about what you want to say. Um, and so that, again, drawing that circle on yourself, taking time to seek your heart in the Lord and figure out what is the best way to communicate what I'm feeling. Um, I'm in a community group with some girls. We've been meeting for like eight years now. And one girl in there, well, two of them are like, I, if we're like, okay, a couple of us are like, we know what we're thinking. We're process on the spot. And one of the girls is like, hey, I need like a day. Okay. Y'all told me a lot today. I cannot give you an answer, you know, and we've got to respect that, you know, um, we're a bunch of, you know, and she's always just like, slow, slow it down, sisters, slow it down. And so I think there's part of like Philippians two, one through 11 is like a life chapter, a chunk of verses for me, just considering others' interests before your own, um, and, and, and really putting them before you like Christ did. Um, and then Colossians four, six. Let your speech always be gracious, seasons with salt, so that you know how you ought to answer one another. So those are just some good verses to ponder when you're stopping um, and and just honoring that. Um, and I, I would encourage you, if you're the one saying time out, you're the one who needs to follow up with like a time. So don't let it like fade. You know how like the days go and you're like, oh, okay, I don't really care about what I was mad about the other day but it's going to grow into something else. We all know that. So be responsible enough to be like, oh, do you remember when we were upset? I'd really love to have a couple minutes to talk about that. You make the time. Um, I love what um, our, our senior pastor, Todd Wagner, has said before. The goal is not to see who can win or hold out the longest, but to see who can come under the Holy Spirit the most quickly. Ouch. So I just love that one. Um, it's just how can you get centered with Christ so that you can make yourself more fruitful with your husband after that. Um, okay. So moving on to, um, yeah, well there's consider others in conflict. So there's Philippians two, four through five, not only look into your own interests, but also the interests of others. Um, so that your attitude is like Christ, um, who literally only considered us when he went to the cross, um, and is exalted. So it's just that continuing to be sanctified by knowing the Lord more. Um, okay, so expectations um, can kill you. <laughs> um, I learned that early on. Okay, um, on your handout, uh, okay, don't write that yet, I think. Yeah, don't write that part. Oh, it is. That part is on your handout. I have it really different here. Okay, so expectations are beliefs about the way things will or should be. So including behaviors or roles or life and death relationships, um, and hurt can come from unmet expectations. So, um, and some can be small, some can be big, some can build on one another. Um, but where do these come from? Okay. So we get our expectations from the way we were raised. I mean, if you're, that's like, yes, if I had a big birthday party every year, I expect this to continue when I'm married. Um, and that was a big deal for me. My mom blew it out at birthdays. Like it was kind of a birthday week and everybody talks about it coming up. It is so not a big deal in Rob Berry's world. Like, um, he grew up the oldest of seven and they were wealthy, had gr money and then lost it all. And they were on food stamps for 10 years. And so obviously birthdays went out the window. Um, I mean, I mean, if I asked him, he was like, oh no, there were years where we had big birthdays and people, bozo clowns came to visit us and stuff. He's like, but then that just all stopped. So his expectation is that kind of suck it up buttercup. Right. And so, um, but mine wasn't, um, so that was something we've had to work through. Um, culture also plays into this. So I would say, okay, we're just coming off spring break. Do y'all even do that anymore with little babies. So, um, I remember like when I had littles that weren't in school, I was like, just another week. Um, okay. So, but I just had spring break and because we went on this elaborate trip last month, we obviously didn't do anything and we just chilled with our kids last week. But if I got an Instagram, everybody's at the beach, everybody was camping, everybody was everywhere. Disney. Like I was like, whoa, 
I'm a horrible parent, you know, and you just start, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I've totally missed the boat. Y'all, we went to like an indoor swim pool at, in Plano. <laughs> it's like literally all we did and had a sleepover and watch movies and did a puzzle. Um, and so I've got to consistently be like, just don't look at that this week. That's not good for my heart. Um, and then past relationships that plays into your expectations, how you were treated. Um, those are all the big things that play into it. So knowing that about yourself, the three, um, key problems are sometimes, um, expectations. Are you, are you unaware of them? So I was not aware that I felt like I needed to be celebrated each birthday. I just thought people did that. But when I got married to Rob, I'm like, Oh, I'm expecting him to celebrate me. Um, and he just doesn't the way I think that is appropriate. Um, unreasonable. Um, we cannot demand the impossible. So, um, baby moons were not like a thing when I had babies or I would have felt sad again. Um, but you know, like don't demand like a baby moon if you can't afford it. If it's just not practical, don't put it demands on your husband that just, that aren't even realistic. That is so unfair to him as, as wives. Um, and then some are unspoken. Um, this goes back to, he can't read your mind. Like if I expect something and he doesn't meet it, he's clueless the whole time. Like I never told him. So I've sat in, um, I've definitely sat in unspoken and unreasonable before. Um, I was aware what I wanted. Um, so how do we manage them? Well, obviously we need to be aware, be aware of what we expect and be reasonable. It's kind of the flip, be reasonable in what we expect, expect, be open about what you expect and be willing to listen to the Lord in all of that. And so, um, so I, this was mother's day. So my birthday is at the end of April. And then of course, mother's day is like two weeks after that. Um, it's kind of like double whammy. And so like, I already go through the birthday and it's not what I expected. And then mother's day coming up a couple of years ago, I thought, I think Rob needs help. I finally was like, I'm not telling him that I'm sad. And I'm like, and I shouldn't, then I felt guilty for being sad. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the, the most prideful woman in the world that I want to be so celebrated, <laughs> you know? But I'm like, I just, I think if he just knew a couple things, he would be fine. And so, um, I literally, it was the week before Mother's Day and I just got a post-it note and I put at the top of it, things Leslie likes. And I put Starbucks gift cards, Hobby Lobby. Um, I know I just could spend hours there. Um, we also put, oh, Joyfoot or um, pedicure or go out with friends for Mexican food. Or, I mean, I just put very specific things I thought he would know about me. Um, and if he was here, so we, my husband and I have done this talk together. <laughs> and when he did this talk, he will pull out his wallet. He will open it and he will pull out the post note because it is in there today. And he refers to it often. And I'm like, who knew? I should have done that like 17 years ago. And he is on it. Like he gets me all the right things now. He's not confused anymore. It just needed some help. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, have you, have you told him and made him aware? Um, cause we just waste so much time being hurt over things that have not been spoken. Um, um, so the goal is to have mutual understanding. Um, you know, the goal of marriage is oneness. Like we're two different people. We have two different backgrounds. We have two different ways we've grown up, but God wants us to be one. That's like the picture of the, of God and his church. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about it. But the, and the goal for communication is mutual understanding. Like I can't expect Rob to have every thought that I have, but I want him to understand me. Um, and so that's the goal there. Um, let me get, keep on going. I'm sorry. I didn't even start my timer. Okay. Oh, look, I have it there. Be aware, be reasonable, be open, be willing. Okay. Can you tell I'm so good with this? Oh, I must have sent the, asking for forgiveness. I think I talked about this. This isn't on your handout, but, um, this is just a good way that it seems really general to tell someone to ask for forgiveness. And y'all might be like, we do that. But like about 10 years ago, we got serious about asking for forgiveness and we got specific about it where Rob would sit me down, look me in the face and say, okay, this is, this is how I f have felt about this. And, you know, I've 
felt this way about you and that is wrong. Will you forgive me? We've just been, it's a yes, no question. Yes, I forgive you. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not hurt by it or whatever. It's just, I'm choosing to forgive him. Um, this is a practice we model for our kids. We're just real. I mean, I think Jesus is serious about forgiveness. So we model it in our home. It's part of our, like how we disciple our kids. Um, okay. To cherish someone. So I read this book a couple years ago. Cause I'm like, I've obviously like the word cherish pretty sure it's in our vows. Like you hear it at weddings, right? Um, cherish you. I'm like, what does that mean? So I'll tell you what it means. Wikipedia says it means adore, hold dear, love, feel great, um, affection for, to be doted on, to be devoted to, to revere someone, to esteem someone, to admire someone and to appreciate someone. So that's what it's, that's what we're saying we are, we want to do, um, for our husbands. Um, what's crazy about this, when I read this book, it's like he, his whole book that Gary Thomas write, I can kind of tell you in a nugget, but it's still real good to read, uh, is that the, if we do these things, we're actually helping each other become who we want to be in Christ and who God created you to be. Um, when, when, when Rob, like, esteems me and reveres me and gives me good feedback on who I'm supposed to be. Um, maybe I'm believing lies and he, Hey, that's not true. Or, Hey, I think you're more gifted this way than you are this way. That helps me be who God created me to be. And so I'm like, I'm not doing that for Rob. Um, you know, Romans 12, 10 says outdo one another in love. I mean, we're just continuing supposed to be doing this for one another. And so practical ways that Rob and I have learned to stop and cherish each other. Four kids in. Okay. So, you know, this looked different 17 years ago. I mean, Rob and I like went to estate sales for funsies, got coffee. We were running around White Rock Lake. And I mean, I used to run. (laughs) I don't anymore. I could barely fit in these black jeans. I've been like, oh my gosh. Um, And so anyway, it's a good thing if you run but I just don't anymore. Um, so, but I'm just, the, the point is that we change. Um, and so we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, what do we need to feel loved and appreciated and understood with four kids, 13 and under? Um, and I think Rob's like, I just want you, when I walk in to know that, you know, I'm in the house instead of like, I'm in here or like, I'm making dinner. Could you like go get Becca or check where she is? Or instead of like calling out orders. And so, what we've got, we try to do, and this changes, I like look at this from last year and I'm like, oh, we haven't really done that that well, but it's a goal to sit down with each other for like 10 minutes when he gets home. Like just kind of put things on pause. Nothing's going to die in 10 minutes unless you have to be somewhere. It's fine. Um, and it's funny, if, if, it's so amazing. Like when you sit down on the couch with your husband, it's like this magnet for the kids. They're like, nee, 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 nee. like they all like come to you. <laughs> And Rob used to be like, hey, guys, mom and mom and I are connecting and catching up on the day. And then (laughs) Bubba would be like, all you care about is the marriage. And we're like, yeah, we do care about our marriage. Give us 10 minutes. You're not going to die. I'm letting you watch a show. Go turn a show on, you know. Um, Anyway, um, that that really helped us feel like, okay, we're in this together. We're going to make it through the night. Um, I, I tell Rob all the time, I'm like, you know, the one love language that's never failed for me is words of affirmation. I'm like, long birthday. He does great with those birthday cards and those Valentine cards. They're like top to bottom. And I'm like, oh, I love flowers. Love it. Um, I think what makes me feel cherished as a mother is that Rob and I are on the same page. So, you know, one will go ask, can I do this or whatever? And then come the, the other. Well, if he didn't know, I mean, I think I go, hey, it makes me feel understood, cared for, and that you cherish and adore me and respect me because I've been with them all day. I know what they've done wrong. I've got the street cred on them and you just walked in. So they're schmoozing you, right? Um, Just that we keep our decisions together, you know? And so he's been like, have you asked mom? And what did she say? We do a lot of speaker listener. Hey, what did mom just tell you? Okay. No. Hey, mom, you know, like just, okay, Les, what did, what did, what did you just, I was like, this is what I said in work. And we, I mean, several times we'll be like, we're together. They're like, you are about the marriage. Yeah. We're together. And like, <laughs> you cannot win. Um, that just makes me feel loved and cared for. Um, I've said it before, like Rob asking me, are you frustrated or did I frustrate you when I did that? That makes me feel so understood. Um, Rob planning a birthday party and y'all he did. I turned 42 years ago. 
and my husband straight up planned a birthday party. Now, I might have had some friends go, Rob, do you know what would bless Leslie? She would really love this. He's like, you're right. And so God bless friends. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, literally, he still talks about how awesome he was for my birthday party. <laughs> like, I know, you're so great. Such a party planner. Um, communicating, not withdrawing, that shows him that shows him that I cherish him. When I withdraw, that's not loving him well. Um, Rob, call, Rob calls me, texts me, and voxes me. Like, there was a couple years where Rob's love language, and he'll be honest, is physical touch. And I'm just like, I can't, like, just drop everything and have sex if we haven't talked all day. Like, I, I, I cannot operate well. I'll do it. But I can't operate well on that agenda without us just connecting, like, verbally. Like, hey, here's what happened with my day. Act like you care. Can you tell me what happened in my your day where I can connect with you, you know? Um, and so he literally calls me all the time. Like, he's probably going to be like, how's it going? You know, like... And we just discovered Marco Polo. And I mean, the guy is Marco Poloing me like, hey, I'm in the car. And I'm like, <laughs> it's sweet. He like connects with me more than I do. And, I do. Um, and then on that is a couple years ago, what makes Rob feel loves me pursuing him sexually. Like, and I, y'all know that it just, with more children, like that, that is not, that becomes low. And it, it, it shouldn't be. Um, it's just like what Mary was saying. Like we need to give them their respect and, and still hold them in a high esteem. And um, so during the campaign, I guess like the presidential campaign was going on, like I just got convicted. I'm like, I do not prioritize him in this way at all. So I decided to make the kingdom living campaign for myself. This was not a real thing. And I was like, for me to live for the Lord and for the kingdom and for Rob to be the best that he can be, I vow to like live for the kingdom and have more sex with you. I mean, he loved the kingdom living campaign. I, <laughs> I would text him like, I'm going to live for the kingdom tonight, you know, or like hashtag kingdom living. Um, and so I just had to revive it. We needed a jump start. Um, it's funny because I've done this talk since and he's like, the, the kingdom living campaign is so dead. And I'm like, oh no, we need to go um, run again for office. And so anyway, um, but I'm just, we always need to refresh. The same old things just don't work. And so we always need to constantly be drawn the circle around ourselves. I'm like, what can I do here to help love you better? Because it really does make a difference for everybody. Um, okay, so on that um, let me see where I am. Okay. So the last part in there is like, um, I, and I put John 10, 10 on there, which is just a funsy verse. Like I've come to give you life and give it to the full. Um, and I believe that, like, I believe that Christ, if, if we really do like stay in our lane and deal with what he's given us and love our husband, well, it, we will be full. Um, and so kind of fit, what, what makes me feel cherished? For yourself, like, can you communicate that to your husband? Like, hey, I, I'm not mad at you. I just want you to know, like, things have changed. We've had kids now. Mom is not sleeping. So this is what brings me love. It didn't five years ago, but this makes me feel cared for. And then how do you know how he feels cherished? Like, what 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 would make him feel cared for and loved? Um. So, like, about three, well, no, four, gosh, four years ago, um, I mean, Mary, I get it. Kids, these kids make me feel like I can't hold on to time anymore. Um, with my, my son being in junior high now, I just, I'm a hot mess. It was like starting kindergarten all over again. I'm like, why aren't the teachers sending me emails anymore? Oh, he's supposed to be responsible. Oh no. Um, anyway, um, so time is flying so stinking fast. Okay. But it was just four small years ago that I had two kids at home and two in school. And, um, we, my husband got the job to start a new campus. Okay. So going from a large mega church, kind of like this, just a large church with lots of staff people and him and three other people went to start a new church for watermark up in Plano. And, um, that was intense and you're not just, Oh, I'm in charge of community groups. You're in charge of everything. You know, the water farting, the water, the, I didn't mean to say that y'all. 
I say the most random things. The water fountains were like overflowing. It was Rob's problem. You know what I'm saying? Like anything, it was a very stressful year. Okay. So, you know, job changes are like one of the top three stressors, right? That moving and probably having a kid. And so, um, that happened in, um, September, 2014. And then we also got Becca in 2014. September 2014. The crazy thing about adoption is that you don't have the nine months really to prep for it. You're kind of just like, oh, here's a baby. Come pick it up. Ah," You know? And so, um, it was a whirlwind. There was a lot of change, a lot of, um, sadness on my part because I was leaving a church I loved to go start something. And I was not really a great wife about it. I was trying to get there, but it took me a little bit longer. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I was, in community with people that love me well, but I was exhausted and I would go to them every week and I just started believing lies. And I'm like, how can this happen? How can I, um, know this stuff that I've taught y'all about today? And then we fall back into, I was majorly withdrawing. Um, I was making assumptions because Rob and I were literally passing each other. Um, four kids put me over, over, it just put me over. And, um, Three should have, and it did. I mean, <laughs> really one put me over, but whatever. Four really, really put me over. And um, I just started feeling like I don't make, I mean, crazy things. Like, I don't make healthy meals for my kids ever. And, like, I got stuck. You know when you get stuck? You're like, I feel like I can't get out of this. Um, weird things. If Rob came home, you're like, oh, so-and-so showed up, and she totally did an awesome spreadsheet for us so that now that we can figure out blah, blah, blah for Sunday morning. And I'm like... In my head, I'm like, oh, he wants me to make spreadsheets. I hate Excel. I'm horrible at admin. Like, then I thought, Rob really wishes he was married to so-and-so because she does great Excel sheets. You know, like, and I wasn't really confessing this to my friends. I was like, that's weird. Don't say that out loud. But, like, I would think about these things. I was making assumptions like Caden did about Title Max. Um, And I had unrealistic expectations for that season of life. Um... And I was looking for fulfillment in Rob and I should have been looking for fulfillment in the Lord. Um, and that was just a really hard season for us, but it was also, I was pulling away from everything that I had been taught on, um, Hey, Les, are you drawing that circle around yourself? Are you, um, are you withdrawing? Cause I was, are you making assumptions? Yeah. Am I negatively interpreting everything Rob says? Yeah. And are you telling him? Heck no. I was not telling Rob anything. And so, um, we had told, we were in a community group. We had told our community group and they're like, Hey, you guys need to end within next week. If you guys don't have a healthy conversation, we're all going to come over and we're going to work this out. Um, I don't know what, if I'm going to tell a story, I'm going to cry because it's like, um, I, I'll never forget. It's like the, it's like the Lord part, part of the waters because I don't know why our kids were gone that day, but they were in the middle of the summer and you know, they're always with you during the summertime. And maybe Becca was napping or something. And I just sat there and I got to tell him, I'm like, you're going to think I'm an idiot, but here's what I think. I think you would rather be married. I was naming women. I thought he would rather be married to. And I just had to get it out. And he starts bawling. It was one of those, like, you had me at hello moments. I was like, okay, I'm fine now. You care about me, you know? Um, And I mean, he's like, it's not at all what I think about you. And then he just started talking to me more detail about his job. He wasn't really having time to come home and tell me about how, how hard it was, um, which opened up my heart and my expectations just was like, Oh, that's horrible. You know, um, he got a, he got an admin. We're good now, but that first year was hard. And I'm, I'm grateful for the Lord for that. I, I say all of that because I think we were married like 14 years at the time. Like I've often said to myself, the gospel should never get old. Knowing that God sent his son so that you could have a relationship with him and be reconciled. Because without Jesus, we don't deserve to have a relationship with the Lord. That truth should always rock me and shake me. And I should always be drawing that circle around myself and be thinking, evaluating and using these tools. Like, how? What? okay, Leslie, where did you, you know... How can I be more um, of a love your neighbor person than woe is me? And so um, that's why I love talking about this because I'm like, oh, this was in a pre-marrieds class I learned this stuff. But it's so important to revisit. It's so important to be like, okay, in this stage, it's a whole different ballgame. 
And so anyway, that's why this, this has been so important to me to go back to review. Um, and I was even talking to Rob about this and we like look at each other and like, we will say like, don't, don't withdraw. That's not what I meant by that. Don't, don't negatively interpret that. And um, we'll use the vocabulary. Um, it's been so helpful. So, um, anyway, that's, that's my story. I hope that you girls can take this, some of this away and, um, apply it and not nag your husband about who he is. But, um, the book for this is on the back. If you guys want to look into that more, but, um, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Where's the girl that, okay. Um, what do we do at this point? Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Okay. Then I won't pray. Do y'all have questions, comments? Um, I have, um, I have table questions. I don't know what y'all, do y'all do that? Um, and so they're just kind of, y'all can discuss with yourself. Um, but what is your, um, destructive pattern? Um, what do you see in your son? I mean, your son, sorry, your husband or your children. Um, does timing affect you? And have you had the, when have you had the best conversation with your spouse? Um, and then I have a whole other list of questions about being cherished and stuff. But I think these are really kind of the gold mine to help you figure out where you are with communication. So, Johnny, questions? I can put both of them up there, switch them in like a couple minutes. But Okay, I can go ahead and pray. Is that good? Okay, awesome. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these ladies. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the fact that... Um, while we were still sinners and just stuck, you sent Christ to save us. Um, thank you for sending him to model considering others before our own and how Christ did that on the cross. And he considered us um, and chose death so that we can have life. I pray that we think about that when we're married to, and it's hard, Lord, um, and that we tr- continue to sanctify ourselves um, through just learning more about what we're doing, owning what we're doing, Lord, and asking for forgiveness. Um, It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.